Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spilling Rosé with Rose and Chelsea. We are two girls who are known for spilling the tea, or in this case, the rosé. On this podcast, we will be spilling not only our personal rosé each week, but also dishing our opinions on everything pop culture. We'll share celebrity news, recap our favorite shows of the moment, and welcome incredible guests to spill some rosé of their own. Thank you for listening. Let's start spilling. Hello, everyone. Hi, Chelsea. Hello, how are you? I'm good. So today we have a super exciting episode because we have two guests, two of our bestest, bestest friends, Sarah and Lauren. Hi, Sarah and Lauren. Hi. Hello. So today we're going to be giving our roses and thorns as usual. We're going to be doing a Bachelorette male contestant breakdown, give our predictions about who we think is going to, you know, win Claire's heart. And then we're going to recap our shows, do our content favorites, the usual. Okay, so let's jump right in. Chelsea, what is your personal rose of the week? Uh, My personal rose has a lot to do with this here episode. So right now, me, Sarah, and Lauren are in upstate New York just for a few days. We got an Airbnb. We're having a really nice fall getaway. Um, Today, we went to an orchard, an apple picking. We went got an amazing dinner last night. We're in the town of Hudson in upstate. It's the cutest little town. Just all these little antique shops and, like, thrift stores. Love it so much. Having such a great time. And we haven't seen each other in a while, so it's been fun. And it's where Gossip Girl, uh, it's the town that Gossip Girl features many times, and I feel very chic being here. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Wow. more you know. Yes, that's my first rose. It's been fun. Amazing. Really leaning into the fall girl vibe. Yeah, I'm wearing a flannel everything. Leaning in. Well, my personal rose is that my family did, like, a big family dinner this week with, like, my extended family because, like, we haven't been seeing them, obviously, because of COVID. But everyone got, like, tested and whatever, so we all, like, did a big family dinner at my house. And it was just so nice to, like, see people, like, my family face-to-face. That's so fun. Yeah, so it was just so nice. So that was my personal rose. Love that for you. Okay, what is your personal thorn? Personal thorn. Okay, so I am working the polls on election day in less than a month. Everyone registered to vote. And so I had to get trained and certified to be a poll inspector. And like, yay, civic engagement, whatever. But (laughs) this training was so boring and so long. It was like three hours and it was like... I didn't know anyone there, so I was by myself. There was no cell phone service, which I really shouldn't have been my phone anyways, but, like, there was just nothing. It was so long. I was at the, it was late at night. I was sitting there. I was, like, desperate to go home, and it, it was, like, I, I'm a, it's official. Like, I'm a poll inspector, everyone. Like, new title, but it was a painstaking process. <laughs> painstaking. What are your hours going to be, like, on election day? Are you there, like, 12, 15? Uh, oh. <laughs> hours? Right. I will be there at 5 a.m. latest. I think I'm supposed to be there at 4.30. And then I don't leave until they close until, like, after 10 p.m. Wow. That's a long day. Long day, yeah. But civic duty, civic duty. Yeah, can't wait. Everyone vote if you don't. Truly. Register. What about you? What's your personal thorn this week? Well, my personal thorn is my cough. So I have this cough. And, you know, at first I'm like, great, I have COVID. But then I got tested. No, no COVID. So, you know, what is it? Who knows? Me and WebMD, best of friends. And then I went to the doctor and I guess I have adult asthma, but it's like temporary. That's like onset by some sort of pollen in the air. So whatever. But now I'm on all these inhalers and it's just a whole journey. So I haven't been sleeping because of the cough. So that's really my thorn. You know I can empathize with a medical journey. (laughs) I know you can. I know you can. Also, I had to get my blood taken yesterday, and they, sorry for anyone who, like, doesn't like this story, but basically they had to put a needle, like, obviously to get the blood, and I guess my blood, like, bubbled, whatever happened. So then they had to take it out of my hand, because I guess that was my most prominent vein, and I learned the horrifying fact that some people have to get blood taken out of their neck if they have no veins. (laughs) I know. You're kidding. I'm fully not kidding. People have to literally get it out of their neck. The gasp that just went up in this room. I know. Was like... collective gasps. <laughs> oh my god. I'm shaking. I hate that image. Yeah. So that was a real journey, but like everything's fine, but yeah. yeah. That's gross. Wow. Horrifying. Horrifying. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, what is your 
Pop Culture Rose. Pop Culture Rose has to be SNL coming back this week. And honestly, it the timing was incredible because I honestly feel like pop culture-wise, it wasn't a ton of news this week anyways, but almost because it was just so dominated by COVID taking over the White House. And like the debate, it was just this huge week in the political world and it just dominated the news sphere. Um, so SNL coming back this week was just so amazing because they covered the debate. They got a little bit of the COVID jokes in there. So it was much welcomed and it was Chris Rock and Meg Thee Stallion who crushed it. She was amazing. And it was just very funny. It was a great episode. I'm excited for the rest of the season. Did any of you watch? I did. And I think I was very impressed with the um, with the debate opening with Jim mm-hmm. Carrey's impersonation of Biden. I thought it was spot on. Yeah. It was, like, it was really almost good. scary how like realistic it was. The way he like kept saying so. So here's the deal. Although I think the opening, I was watching it and I thought it was funny, but at the same time I thought it was, it, it wasn't because the real thing was so ridiculous mm-hmm. that it was like, how do you even make a joke about it? Because the real thing felt like it wasn't, like it, the real thing felt like a sketch. Like it felt, so, so having it, seeing it be played as a joke was just kind of weird yeah. because you're like, how do you heighten this? It, it was already so heightened. Like, where do you go from the original? And did it say at the beginning of the opening, it was like, like the debate, which was like funny for mm-hmm. everyone who doesn't live in America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was good. And Maya Rudolph's vocal impersonation <laughs> of Kamala Harris is like uncanny. She sounds exactly like her. It's like kind of crazy. It, I watched that opening and it's just, I feel like with SNL, it gets into this tricky situation like right now politically where it's just so humorous, but also terrifying that yeah. like then when you bring comedy into it, it just, it like, to- it toes an interesting line. I'm sure they have like really interesting conversations in, in like the writer's room about like how to handle it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Oh, but anyways, what was your pop culture rose this week? Okay, so like you said, it was a bit of a slow news week. So for me, it's just the anticipation of the immense amount that we're going to get to talk about next week with the fact that The Bachelorette is finally coming back. Thank God. I've been waiting for October 13th for so long. I thought it would be September. No, it's October, but it is finally here. And because of that, we've been getting so many new promos and... I'm just really excited. It looks like it's going to be drama-filled. We also know, and I feel like this is just public information, that, like, Taisha is going to eventually take over. And, like, they haven't, they, like, really aren't, like, addressing that in the previews, which is interesting. Like, maybe this is just, we're so wrong and whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't think we are, but whatever. But I'm just excited to see what happens. And we also, later in the episode, are going to be giving all of our predictions, going through all the guys, and saying who we think is going to win both Claire and Tasha's heart. Yes. And just on that, like, non-spoiler, really, I saw that Reality Steve came out with, like, his big post about this season. And I was like, oh, like, I'm not going to, like, read it because I don't want things to be spoiled, even though, like, the biggest twist of the season was spoiled. But apparently, he said that like, there's been so many rumors about this Tasha and Claire switch, but according to Reality Steve and his sources, who honestly I kind of trust, um, this was, like, planned by produ- production, like, before the season started. Like, it was their idea to switch them, and it was, like, because they were going to be in quarantine, there was, like, so little that they really could do to, like, make this, like, the most dramatic season ever. Like, this was planned, and it kind of makes sense because, like, why else would Tasha have already been there and, like, quarantining for, like, so long? Like, it kind of makes sense that, like, once they had this idea, like, oh, Claire's really interested in Dale. I don't know if it's a spoiler. I'm sorry if it is to anyone, but I don't think it is. Like, this is an easy out, and they presented Claire with the idea, and she was just on board with it, and then that's how they did it. So, I don't know, but it seems pretty legit. That's so crazy, just the idea of Claire not knowing that Tasha was in the building. Like, because yeah. if she, like, if production knew, but it seems like Claire didn't know, that mm-hmm. just must have been for Claire, like, I don't know, kind of wild. And for Tasha to, like, I mean, I obviously get why she would go and be the Bachelorette, but, like, just interesting. Production, interesting. It's obviously all speculation, but I could totally see it because they need, like, every, they just keep raising the bar somehow every single season for, like, what the big twist is going to be. And, like, knowing that, like, it's coronavirus era and they can't like do all the crazy things they might have been able to do ordinarily like we're stuck in this resort like what else really could they do 
I know. I'm excited, though, for the fact that they're stuck in the resort just because I feel like already The Bachelor, it's like summer camp, like everything's so amplified. But mm-hmm. they're even though they get to like go to different countries and everything, but now it's even more amplified because they're stuck the whole time in the hotel. So I just think it's going to, especially with guys, like drive them a little nuts, which I'm excited about. Definitely. Chelsea, what is your pop culture thorn? Okay, my pop culture thorn is that Christine from Selling Sunset has said that she's thinking about leaving Selling Sunset after the fourth season that hasn't even been confirmed yet, which seems a little preemptive. But it's almost certain that they're going to go to season four. It was the biggest show on Netflix this summer, or top ten at least. But she said, we don't have any official news about season four yet, and it'd be great to do the next season, but after that I kind of want to just do my own thing. Because, and true Christine quote here, I feel like I have a lot to share with the world outside of real estate and fighting with these bitches. Although, don't get me wrong, I love it and I'm great at it. I love Christine Quinn. I mean, I don't love her, like, but she's just so iconic that I have to love her. Also, like, she posted all these videos this week of her, like, dancing with this guy who is Erica Jane's choreographer from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is just some crazy crossover because they remind me of them each other just in terms of their looks but I feel like I just think she needs to stay on Selling Sunset for like her career also like I feel like she's not at the point where she's a big enough star to like leave Selling Sunset and like have some flourishing career in terms of like being Mm -hmm. an influencer or a celebrity yeah and also I just I feel like they're gonna really do a lot to keep her because I knew she's playing the scenes like just to get a bigger contract when that time comes because I cannot imagine the show without her she is the villain like they can try all they want to try and make Davina into a, a, some sort of like villain character but like Davina's not even a villain she's just disliked like people just don't like her like people love to hate Christine or like love to love her either way like she's fun she's a fun villain too she's very entertaining she she keeps the show moving Really. Completely. Have you noticed the Instagram following disparity between all of them is fascinating. Like, I think Christine has a million. I think Mary does. But, like, Davina has, like, I don't even think she has 500K, which is just crazy. Like, just the people are using their power. The follow button. Exactly. Okay. On to your thorn. Oh, you guys. <laughs> this weekend. Okay. Basically, the thorn is that David Dobrik could have a girlfriend. No, I'm just going to dive into this. I don't think I've talked about David Dobrik yet, but I love David Dobrik. I have a huge crush on him. I love his content, etc. So this weekend, David debuted his new fragrance in an elaborate PR rollout. First, he did a GQ, 10 Things I Can't Live Without, one of which was David's perfume, the fragrance. Then he drops this commercial, which I'll get into. Then he has security guards in like Escalades. And then Natalie, his assistant, going to each celebrity's house and handing them this perfume box. It has like school supplies, just this whole thing. But let's get into the video. So David Dobrik and Charlotte... D'Alessio, who's like a model and influencer. Basically, the whole show is them being on a date, and it's everything from them brushing their teeth, they're at this diner, a pool, the bed. And basically, since then, everyone has been speculating that they are dating. She posted the video with the caption, at least now we have a video to show our kids. I can't. But then the next day, she posted a video that said, always fun when I get to shoot with my friends peculiar then david posted and was like just a fun video to make natalie jealous when like natalie's obviously with todd so irrelevant argument but it did feel like a girlfriend announcement however a bit of breaking news yesterday on access hollywood in an exclusive interview and this subsided my anger a bit he said that he is single and was getting frustrated on like twitch as he was streaming that people were saying that he was in a relationship because it would lower his chances of actually getting a girlfriend but yeah i just i can't this is a whole thing and i need to hear sarah's thoughts because sarah is also a david dobrik stan or fan i don't really know if i'd call i don't know if you're stan but go for it i would say well, I have mixed feelings about David Dobrik. I do really enjoy watching his vlogs. However, I do think that he makes some problematic content that is being viewed by young children. And I, I wish that when, like, all those allegations came out against him, he had discussed them more in depth. But I digress. I do like him in general. Hopefully that's okay to go on a little tangent, but I just felt like it had to be said. I agree with you. I don't think that... Okay, in the video... It is very flirtatious. He looks into her, looks like he's very into her, but I don't think that they're together um, because it just wouldn't make sense for us to never have seen her, right, Rose? Like, she's never been seen before. 
she actually has been seen before. She's been in some old videos, some old videos with like Natalie and her. Like she isn't completely unknown. Apparently they've been like friendly for a while, but she's definitely not like one of the main people in his friend group. Yeah, okay. So I see, okay, I, I, okay, fair, fair. But in the video when he like touches her rib cage and like, is under the covers with her. I would say that that's the most flirtatious moment. Chelsea's making a face. <laughs> I haven't seen this. Yeah. That sounds it's very little... flirtatious, and that's the part to me that looks like most wow. Like that's a very intimate touch without being like overt acting. You know what I mean? Like when you're like acting like a couple, mm-hmm. that's not the move you go for. However, I don't think they're together. But I did think it was a phenomenal ad. And was this just on his channel? Yes. He posted on David Dobrik too, correct? Yeah. And it like was like really high on trending and like a bajillion views and everything. I don't like the title of the perfume. I think it feels really possessive to me. I wish that he'd picked something different. Like the fact that it's David's perfume, right? That's the name. Yeah. It's per- I just, it's like, I don't. I wouldn't personally want to put on a perfume that's called David's perfume. I don't want to feel like I'm belonging to anyone. I want to feel like I'm sexy on my own. But, you know. I think it's fascinating that he is doing a perfume at all. Never in my life would, if, like, I had to have guessed, like, I was, like, just a David Dobrik, like, casual fan, I guess. Like, I like him. I've seen a couple of videos. I don't follow his every move by any means. But, like, if I had a hundred guesses as to what his big product launch would be should he go into branding never would i guess perfume ever because that just really screams like teen idol sell if that makes sense like justin bieber's perfume or one direction's perfume or like taylor swift or selena gomez or like and i just don't think of david dobrik in that category at all so like this the shocking news to me, just the fact that he has a perfume at all. No, I agree. I was shocked as well. However, just some amazing crossover. Paris Hilton commented and was like, welcome to the perfume family. And I was like, oh my God, this is just iconic. Paris is really doing the most right now, like in terms of like leapfrogging off this documentary blow up and like back into the mainstream, like getting in David like that and then commenting on the Noah and Tana Instagram last week. She's really like using this moment to have a moment or try to at least i'm living for it i'm living for it i really am i would never have thought until i watched the documentary since i didn't really know much about her but now i do no never i think that this is a great opportunity because for younger people to realize the impact that paris hilton had on the way that we discuss pop culture today would not have happened without paris and her whole squad and the the teen girl drama of the early 2000s was so seminal in tabloids and reality tv and fashion and everything and so i'm kind of loving that we're having a respect your elders moment for young people (laughs) who might not know paris or might not know exactly who she was or what she did for all of us (laughs) for pop culture (laughs) and we and i love it and i love that she's back and i was just saying before how i would love to have dinner with her because i just want to know everything about her life and what she thinks about everything now. I just love her. Um, speaking of Paris, this is a perfect segue into something I want to talk about, which is the memoir that Perez Hilton is coming out with, or maybe just came out. Um, it's been in the news a bunch because of all the crazy stories in this book, including like he has apparently had a very close friendship with Paris Hilton at the beginning. And he was like, not sure, like, because originally his blog was called Page 666, but he was sued by the New York Post because it's obviously a play on Page 6. But when he changed it to Paris Hilton, like, he used the Hilton name to try and, like, channel, like, the image of Hollywood and stuff. And he was like, she could have been really mad about that, but she actually befriended him. Like, the two of them became close friends, which I thought was really interesting. But I couldn't even begin to, like, I haven't read the book, but I've read a few articles about the book, and it's crazy, crazy. Just a few things, like, that I think, like, understanding Perez Hilton as a, fig- a figure in pop culture himself, like, it was a really cool insight into his mind. Like, he talked about, like, some of his big regrets are he was really mean in his reporting towards Ariana Grande for a few years, and it's because he was being petty because at the start of her career in, like, 2011, she and her mom met with him to talk about the possibility of him being her manager, and he 
was ultimately not chosen for the role and they didn't even ask him to be a consultant which was another idea that he had and so he was really petty about it so he started writing really bad stuff about her on his website for a few years and he like apologizes for that um and another thing he was talking about was like he got in a huge or Miley Cyrus came for him like publicly when they ran into each other when she was younger because when she was like 17 he posted this picture that leaked of like her and like you could, like see like up her skirt and she's like what the f were you thinking like and like publicly berated him like in this movie theater and like everyone was like staring and like he, he said like she like told him exactly what she thought of him and his website and, like his work and stuff and, like good for Miley love that for her I think craziest though is that he hooked up with John Mayer wait he hooked up Perez Hilton hooked up with John Mayer no. yes they, they just made out in a club when he was dating Jessica Simpson in front of Jessica Simpson. Oh my god. That was not what I was- here's my- Paris Hilton, Perez Hilton, whatever. He's one of those people who's like, he really created a beast. Like, he really created this, like, blogging, gossiping environment. I mean, he really- he did it. He did it. So I'm sure his cheat- I'm sorry, John Mayer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, <laughs> like there is a, a ton of crazy stuff. Like I just cherry picked a few that like got, like spoke to me personally. Um, and obviously this was one of them. It was like this. I'm gonna get the story probably a little bit wrong, but basically he was at some club and it was when John and Jessica were dating and they were in the VIP section and he sat down and John sat. It was like him sitting next to John who was sitting next to Jessica, and John like started like talking to him. Was like, oh, like I watched gay porn sometimes and like was talking about some of his favorite gay porn actors and then looked at Perez and just like shoved his tongue down his throat and they started making out and like Perez like made eye contact with Jessica at one point like what is going on and Jessica like he's like he described her look as like being really embarrassed slash maybe not knowing if she was turned on by it and then like uh, they like finished making out and John just like looked back or like sat back next to Jessica and like the two of them and she like started like touching his legs and stuff like and like oh my that was, god I, it was like it was just a bizarre story and like first time i was like did he make this up but i was like there's no reason he needed to make that up like there's just like no yeah, I'm sure I you don't he, i'm sure he's enough stories that he didn't need to make that up and also this was like john's really wild time in hollywood and also we've always there's always been that speculation about john you know mm. like him and andy cohen like what's their relationship like so like this was so much tea I would so love that if he was bisexual. I think he probably is. I love this bisexual movement that's really happening yeah. among, like, mainstream pop culture. I do, too. The fringe gays anymore, which I love. Do you think John's going to comment on it? I feel like no. I feel like he's just not going to draw attention to it. No, he's not going to comment. I mean, he, he is the type of guy who, like, would, but, like, but in a funny way. Hmm. But, like, he could easily not. Like, I don't think anyone's, like, I don't know, gonna really come for him about this. Yeah. There's also super interesting stuff about his, he used to be, like, best friends with Lady Gaga, apparently, and then she turned on him, but whatever. I digress. I'd recommend at least looking up information about this book if anyone's interested. There's a ton of crazy stuff. Okay. That was a lot to process. Okay, well, now to jump into some content recaps. First, just keeping up with the Kardashians last week. So basically, Kim has this deathly fear of spiders, and North is obsessed with them. So basically, there was just this whole narrative about Kim conquering her fear of spiders, and I was shocked at the end. She held a spider, had a spider on her head. It was just a whole thing. It was really triggering because I really hate spiders, so seeing like a million tarantulas over the course of an hour was really something. And just the range of Kim Kardashian in this episode. First, she's in the White House, like, meeting with these women who had been freed from jail, and then she's dealing with her daughter's obsession with spiders and her fear of them. So that's just the range of Kim Kardashian. And then Chloe has an extreme fear of whales, and whales are my biggest animal fear besides spiders, and I never heard of anyone else having a whale phobia. So I was just mind blown the whole episode. I was like, Chloe is also scared of whales. It was just, it was quite an experience to experience not being scared of whales so much in common to you. Are you wondering why I'm scared of whales? You all look perplexed. Here's why. Here's why. They are huge. I am small. That's just the baseline. If I were in the water and all of a sudden there's a big blue whale, I've seen those images of drones with people, huge, big blue whales. They could just touch me and I'd just collapse. And then we have the orcas who obviously, after all they're using captivity, are very violent. But the idea of seeing an orca, oh my god, I Oh my god, I actually hate them. I actually hate them. Wait, I can't are orcas violent when they're just bred in the nature? 
Or, I don't know, but I don't care. I know sharks are scared of them. And I love sharks. That's the other thing, the juxtaposition. Fascinating. That is huh. interesting. I did actually watch a few videos this week about whales because I saw like one video about how like we don't really process how big they are. And I was like, is that true? And I watched a few and I was like, wow. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I processed it. I'm not afraid of whales, but to your point, I am very afraid of the ocean because that possibility of like you're in the middle of the ocean you have no idea what is below you and what could come up it's mostly undiscovered you don't know the creatures down there and you don't actually know the size of a whale until you're face to face with it so i i understand you with that one thank you very much okay next tv recap dancing with the stars you guys okay first of all caitlin bristow again a queen killing it amazing like she's such a good dancer and like it's just iconic to watch but then you guys, Sky Jackson dedicating her dance to Cameron. Stop it. Voice was so cute. I was literally cr- sobbing, like fully sobbing. It was so emotional. She got the first 10 of the season and it was just, um, like, was her dance so incredible? Like, was her, I mean, I don't know. According to Derek Huff, yes. But the emotion behind it and, like, the clip before of her, like, crying to Alan about Cameron. Oh, my God, and her phone case is Cameron. Oh, and I was, I was- gonna say that the pictures of her with her phone case of the two of them i can't i can't and just i used to love jesse and so it's just like oh it was just very touching i was so glad she got the first 10 of the season for that dance i love her i think she's a legend a legend however critique tyra banks again i had so much faith i was like you know what tyra like you're gonna get your shit together you have hosted like america's next Top model america's got talent like do something fix it the worst episode yet in terms of her. She asks the weirdest questions, first of all. Like, to Caitlin Bristow, she's asking her, like, about Jason and, like, if the dance was for Jason. I'm like, did you not just watch the clip before where she said the dance was for Jason? Like, come up with some other questions. Anyway, so the questions, I can't. Then at the end, she totally messed up and she basically announced the wrong bottom two and then it just got so confusing. So they were all rushing to get the correct bottom two down and then all the judges didn't have enough time to like say who they were going to save. And she was like, Derek, go faster. Like production's in my ear. Like, come on, quicker, quicker. And it was just like, Tyra, you messed this up. And like, I'm sure production did mess up, but like as a host you have to act like everything's okay or just like figure it out a bit more calmly. So it was just, I just want her to succeed and it's not happening at all. Yeah, I do think like for better or worse, I mean, you're the host, you kind of bear the brunt of making things feel okay. Exactly. Another thing, can we just discuss Dave Portnoy and the High Pass Club? Yeah, just for one second. The words aren't coming because I don't I don't have them. That's the thing. Um, I was confused. I don't know that I liked it. I I don't know that I disliked it either. It was a crossover I didn't ask for, but I'm still not sure I needed. All around odd. Where were they? They were at the Hype House. Yeah, they were at the Hype House. Yeah, so they're at, oh no, sorry, they're at the Sway House. Sway House. Whatever, the fucking Sway Hype. I think I said Hype at the beginning. The Sway House Club. And it, I mean, I was just, they were like working out together and it was just so weird. You sent it to me and I was like, what is happening? I'm curious. I, I am in my head, I'm like, who reached out to who? I'm thinking it's Sway House reaching out to them because they had Tyler Cameron last week. And now <laughs> it's Dave Pornoy. I'm wondering if they're like, this is an angle to try and build like a, like a male base for them. I don't Maybe. Know, like a team male base. It's like, sh- like, sh- like a lot of team girls follow Hype and Sway House, but like, I don't know how closely team boys do. But like, maybe this is like their thing. Like we're bros who work out with other bros. So Tyler Cameron and Dave Portnoy get invites? Question mark? I have no idea because it's also weird because like I think for sure it makes sense that like having Dave Portnoy would be to get more male men but like Tyler Cameron was definitely more women because like I don't think Mm -hmm. Tyler Cameron has a huge male fan base but like I mean I just feel like something has to be in the works like Dave Portnoy does not just like go visit someone like there's definitely some sort of business podcast thing in the works. Yeah there's definitely an angle there's always an angle. Always an angle. Always an angle. Um, okay, do you have any other content to recap? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, this week for me personally was a big moment. It was the 20 year anniversary of Gilmore Girls, which was a very formative show for me in my life. I know Lauren as well. Oh yeah, and I've been, that's been my number one comfort binge rewatch in the queue because first of all, it's the fall aesthetics. Oh. It, I mean, that show invented fall, it I did. think. And 
it's just so like the music and everything like just makes me feel at home and I just want to move to Stars Hollow but it's insane that it's 20 years and like its impact is still felt I texted Chelsea because not only is the show great, but there's so many great guest stars. I mean, you've had like John Hamm has been on it. You have like all these crazy people, Chad Michael Murray, obviously. But I think the craziest cameo was in an episode where they're putting on a, a elementary school play production of Fiddler on the Roof, who's playing the piano, but Brad, the piano guy from Glee, is playing the piano in Gilmore Girls. And I was like, you know what, this show is just the encapsulation of, of uh-huh. everything that I love than everything that is culture and um it's so true it's so true and like it they really did launch so many stars mm-hmm. between chad michael murray uh milo ventimiglia melissa mccarthy really before she was very famous um, um what's his name adam brody adam brody like to go to the to go to the oc yeah it was a launch pad for so many people and it holds up it's such a great show I actually feel it deep, deep in my soul every time I rewatch the Logan Rory storyline because I am such a big fan. Like, I, Logan is the ship I will die for on that show. Um, I, oh my God, I'm feeling it right now. Like, the pain is like coming through my body. <laughs> I like, I'm getting like cheery. I don't know if you can see through the Zoom. Like, I'm actually getting all the He's literally crying, um, audience. Yeah, like, like, like I, I can't help it. Like, I get like emotional. Like, I love him so much i actually when they the revival happened i guess three years ago now four years ago almost um they we were at school in la and they did this premiere at ucla and they also did a recreation of stars hollow on the ucla campus and i went the night of the premiere and they had the premiere after party there so i met like a ton of the cast members including uh, matt zucker who plays logan I, like, made into Christmas cards and gave it out to my friends because it was, like, the best thing that had ever happened to me. I gave him, like, the best hug in the entire world. I was, like, literally like, crying. I was like, I, you don't know how much I love you. And, like, I know it's not you, but, like, you just don't know what you've done for me. <laughs> like, the character you played has filled a void in my life that, like, I didn't know existed. Like, uh, oh, my God. That's so true. And I think the crazy thing about rewatching it over again is how you, you pick up on things and you notice things differently. Like, I was always Team Jess. I love Jess. I think that they're him and her soulmates. However, now, being a graduate of college, going to a school where I've met people in real life who remind me very much of Logan, <laughs> and seeing and looking back with this now perspective that I have on relationships and Roy, whatever, I'm like, ooh, you know what? I kind of love Logan and Roy, too. Like, I hate to say it, my high school self would be like, no, no, no. But I kind of love it now, and Chelsea is being feeling very validated when I text her about these moments that uh, I'm I'm join I'm joining her ship. Mm-hmm. I'm coming aboard as the first mate. Um, <laughs> I think because <laughs> it's never been the popular opinion. No. I think the hierarchy in most people's eyes is Jess, Logan, Dean. Yeah. Obviously, Dean would be in fourth place for most people. Dean I is, think Dean is yeah. at the bottom. Um, what I have realized too, though, is that Luke Danes is my perfect man. <laughs> if someone oh asked me my type, I'd say James. He he owns a diner. He can cook for me. I love diner. I love breakfast food, as we know. He wears flannels. We could match. We could share. He works with his hand. He fixes things. He's there. He's dependable. That's my love language. Is is acts of service. And how many acts of service does he does he, does he give to? Or like all the time. The the hoppa, the gutters. The everything, like, he just, he helps out all the time. I'm like, this is my perfect man. And that's another, you know, I thought I was a Jess. I had a crush on Jess growing up. Oh, no, 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 no. Now I'm in love with Luke. Wow. I've, you guys, I've never seen Gilmore Girls. Not even a clip. So maybe not I need to. Not even a clip. Not even a clip. I know the girl who was in The Handmaid's Tale was incredible, was the lead. Oh, wow. The girl who was in The Handmaid's Tale. Oh. I wanted to ask if you watch Emily in Paris. Okay, I have not watched Emily in Paris. I have heard rumors that it is absolutely trash, and I have heard rumors that people are obsessed to hate it, though. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I have the wherewithal to just dive into a show that I'm going to hate and be cringy. Well, you think that, 
And yet somehow it's definitely doable. I watched it per the recommendation of Danny. Um, well, not a recommendation as so much as he said, um, oh, I've been watching it all night when all my friends couldn't hang out with me. And I was like, okay, so that's a, very much a vibe. Like my friends aren't hanging out with me because it's uh, COVID and I can't go to Paris. So I'll just live vicariously through this character. I had high hopes because it's Darren Star and I love Sex in the City. And yet somehow like Lily Collins, even though she's beautiful and I like her a lot I think being like the focus of a kind of show like this is maybe a little bit interesting and not going so well yeah (laughs) but it is very um there's some hot people in it that's for sure they really don't make French people seem very nice and very sex driven um I'll give it a watch. Why not? Oh, speaking of things I've been watching, by the way, I went on a YouTube binge this weekend, and there's just been a lot of quality YouTube content. For example, Stormy and Kylie making Halloween cookies. Now, I will die on the hill that Stormy Webster is, like, the genius of our generation. Like, it just, it's happening. And just to give an example of this, like, I didn't realize till about five minutes into the video that she was in a high chair. I didn't even question how she was that tall. Didn't even question. (laughs) I was like, of course. Like, she's floating. She's freaking goddess. She's a god. She's a genius. Like, I can't even... She's like, can I have a towel, please? The emotion control, those that Bruce Jenner motion control of her putting the sprinkles on the cookie. Olympic level. I mean, Olympian in the Olympian in the works. This girl, she can do anything she wants. I mean, she... Wow. So I highly recommend that watch. It's eight minutes of just watching a two-year-old be a freaking genius. She also started preschool this weekend. Well, not really. She's too young for preschool, but they have a teacher coming in to help them paint or whatever you do in preschool. I didn't see she has her $15,000 backpack for her. 12000 12000 Same. Relatable. Yeah. So she has that since she's an icon. And then also British Vogue. I've been watching a lot of their What's in My Bag to just prepare for the crown. I love that series. I've been watching the Emma Corrin ones. She's playing Princess Diana this season. I've been really into Devin and Sydney Lee Carlson's videos. Devin is dating the lead singer in The Neighborhood, which they also came out with an album this week, which was great. And yeah. Speaking of albums out this week. I was shocked this wasn't your rose, by the way. Because I don't love it. And that's wow. like, so we have not even said it. Lainey, one of my favorite bands, maybe my favorite band, not a second favorite band, Live and Die by them, would give it all for Paul Jason Klein. They came out with their third album this week, and my expectations weren't high. Honestly, they were at first, but then they put out like three or four songs, and there were kind of three or four misses, to be honest with you, in my eyes. There were two that I was like, all right, sure. Two that I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, and so this album comes out, and I am hoping for the best, but not expecting the best. And, and it wasn't. And I'm, like, a little bit disappointed. A little bit. A lot of bit dis- disappointed. Paul's been talking for, like, weeks, if not months, if not years, about how this is the best thing, album I've ever done. Like, timeless, classic. This is our Blue by Joni Mitchell. Not his words, but kind of his words. And it wasn't. I knew it was, I, the first red flag was when John Mayer commented on Paul's Instagram of, I think it was Cowboy in LA, which is like one of the songs that came out with, and he said, this is the best song on the album. And I was like, this is the best song on the album. You're kidding. And, and it's like, it is one of the best songs on the album, but that's not saying much because the album's just not great. It's kind of boring. Lyrics are lackluster and I'm not going to ever nominate Paul for like the Hal David Starlight Award. For lyricism he's not like the most poetic or, or like complex lyricist but there it's usually good but there's a lot of just like really lackluster stuff like my favorite song on the album i think is when you're drunk at the moment that's my favorite one but the, it bugs me in the first verse is the line just goes ceiling fan cold play and i was like oh my god just so cliche it's so cliche it makes you want to like throw up and he's describing how he's being emo i'm like i'm just come on there's there's so many moments i just felt disappointed and i don't love it there's like a few songs i like but i don't even know if i'm gonna go to see this show like i saw their last tour like five times and like this one like i'm just not that excited about it happens i also did not love this album just saying i listened to it in honor of you quite frankly and i was like you know this is not i'm like maybe i'm just not you know in tune with this genre enough but I just didn't like it. I liked the Neighborhoods album, so. Okay, well, last thing, I'm just going to jump to my Real Housewives of Potomac recap before we go through Claire's Men. So Real Housewives of Potomac this weekend was just the editing of Bravo, just like chef's kiss. The clips of them going from Candace in therapy to Monique talking to all the women. I mean, oh my God, the editing was just 
incredible. However, my only critique of Candace is that clearly she did do something to Monique that is larger than what is being shown that led to Monique, like, fully snapping and, like, being physically violent. However, was it justified? No. So, like, I understand why she was saying, why Candace was saying in therapy, like, I did nothing to justify her being violent. But, like, just clearly there's something bigger that I wish she would open up about, which I think, based on the Watch What Happens Live after the episode, Monique says she's going to spill it all in the reunion. So we have that to look forward to. Also, people are posting slow motion videos of this on Twitter. So, like, you can see who actually laid hands on who first. I'm not interested in who laid hands on who first. Monique is in the wrong. She's the one who was grabbing Candace's hair till the freaking cows come home. And then when she got locked in the stairwell, somehow found a way out and was sprinting saying she was going to kill Candace. Here's the thing. In terms of all the women discussing, I think Monique was in the wrong because of the lack of remorse. And also, she lied. She said to all the women, I blacked out. I do not remember the fight. And she kept saying that in all of her confessionals. However, they showed us a clip of her in the car right after the fight, detailing the entire fight. So no, no, no. She did not black out during the fight. Maybe she had a post- car ride blackout, but she remembered it all. And here's the thing. Wendy pointed out the difference between being like, sorry, having remorse, just being the iconic professor that Wendy is. And I was just on Wendy's side because Monique was just lying. And I agree. I think Giselle and even Karen, or definitely Karen, like hold this show to a very high standard in terms of like how they are representing black women. And so they felt, or Giselle felt that when Monique got violent, it was like all of the sort of work they had put into being these, you know, role model women just completely went away, which I don't think is necessarily true, but I completely understand what Giselle was saying there. Did Giselle go a bit over the top having a security guard with her in this meeting? Sure, but it was iconic and hilarious. I do think they could have shown Monique a bit more grace, but I just don't understand how anyone can be on Monique's side when she literally like was physically violent with Candace. I like just don't get it. I just do not understand it. Also, last thing, Giselle, with her notes, she basically, Chelsea like, brought out this notes app and, or notes, the notes app, and was like, I'm just going to take some notes on everything you're saying so that I can like rebuttal it all. And she showed patterned behavior of Monique, of Monique like being violent or threatening violence. And I think you could put any housewife in any franchise and like break it down and they could all have those moments but she has definitely had some questionable patterns of behavior so this is not like fully out of the blue like they made it seem if Ashley had done this out of the blue but I think lastly that Monique is right in the sense that she realizes that she has to stop filming for a bit I don't see her in any of the Portugal footage and I just think that's good so that's my rant on Real Housewives of Potomac it's very complicated multi-layered fight many interesting conversations coming out of the fight but I just this is the first season of that show right no, it is not. Oh, no? No, it's just, no. It's like season, I don't know. They've been on for a while though. Um, But this is, I've seen it here and there, but I've, now I'm like in it. I've never even like really heard of it. Well, they, they're like having their moment now. I used to have a, a DC one that was just like White House party crashers. And it was like one season and it was like a disaster. And so they got rid of Real Housewives of DC and it was like so crazy. And then I think it was maybe a couple of years later they added Potomac, um, which kind of just expanded it a little bit, but it made it, like, not just all these, like, rich, crazy people from D.C., so it's, like, a little bit different, but, Very yeah, interesting. fun fact. <laughs> Wait, Lauren, do you watch Potomac? I don't. I want to get into it, though, because I've heard a lot of people that love it. I'm, I am, like I said, just New York, New Jersey, and Beverly Hills, so I'm very, very excited for Jersey, um, seeing all that footage of them filming like with COVID stuff and like who's, was it, was it Adriana or whoever, Teresa's daughter just had her sweet 16. And I was like, oh, we're doing this. Okay, great, cool. Have your whole sweet 16 party in the, in COVID. And this girl looked older than I am. <laughs> it was very interesting, but I'm just looking forward to, to Jersey to come back. I am too. And then I'm also, I there are some rumors going around that Erica Jane might be demoted to friend of housewife. <gasps> no. Yeah, which kind of makes sense, though. Like, think about how relevant she is to plot lines. That's true, and that's why I like her so much. Me too. <laughs> because she's too. not in all the stupid drama. But wasn't, but aren't they thinking of, of bringing Kyle's sister in as, I was not yeah. the other sister that's the Hilton, as a friend yeah, as well? Kathy, yeah. Or is that, is that a rumor, or is that possibly gonna, probably going to happen? 
it's a rumor, but like Kathy said, like she would sort of be down. So I think it could be a bit more than a rumor, which I think it would be really interesting. Also, apparently Dorinda today came out, was on Bethany Frankel's podcast, Just Be, and she spills like all of the tea about why she left, what she sees for the future of her with the franchise. So I'm going to listen to that and report back next week. I'm, I'm still in mourning that she's, that she's going to be gone. I love her so much. I think she, she was so fun and brought some of the most iconic lines in that franchise in her, in her time on the show. A hundred percent. She just really had such a bad season. Yeah. And in the reunion, she talked about it. I felt so bad about like how, how this was just such a terrible like year for her. And that, and I kind of admired it because you don't see this a lot with Real Housewives of like any like maturity, understanding or remorse or anything for like, hmm, why did I act this way? And I think she kind of was able to do that and be like, you know what? Yeah, I was projecting or I'm sorry that I lashed out at you. Like it was, I was doing this, this and that. And like, it's not a full accountability of your, like there's not like an excuse really, but at least it's a smidge of accountability, accountability that you rarely see in any housewife. So okay. I, I, I really thought that was interesting and I think it's probably the best thing for her to not be on the show anymore if it was this stressful and emotional for her this year, but I'm gonna miss her. Really, really am. I am too. It's gonna be rough. Okay, well now let's jump in to our pre-bachelorette bachelorette recap. I'm so excited. I'm this so excited. Week, this time next week. I can't wait. We'll oh my in. god, I'm literally like Oh my god. Okay, so let's jump into it. Okay, also for anyone who wants to follow along, we're on the Marie Claire website looking at the contestants. <laughs> yeah, the article is called Claire Crawley's Bachelor Cast, Every Detail We Know, but it has a nice slideshow of all the men a little bit about them. So we're going to go through that and make some really superficial judgments. Correct. Okay, number one, AJ, I'm not even going to try with the last name. Jalawan, I think. Wow. He'll make it past, he'll make it past the first night. But I don't see him making it past week three, I don't think. No, he could surprise you, though. Maybe. <laughs> He's 28 from Irvine, for anyone who is curious, wanting to know. I don't know. He just doesn't really, I don't know. I don't really know what Claire's looking for. Or I guess it'll be Claire and Tasha at this point. Well, we know who Claire's looking for. I don't even know yeah. why I said that. Claire's looking for Dale and Dale only. True. Okay, but... so I guess we're looking through Tasha's lens. So, yeah, this man's not for Tasha. He looks nice, though. I feel like Tasha would like a nice guy, a.k.a. John Paul Jones. Clearly, we don't know her type, so. Yeah. I mean, he does. He looks like a nice guy, but I don't think he's going to be a big star on the season. I don't think he's, he doesn't look like he'd be like a drama type, you know? Yeah. Okay, next. Ben, ben Smith, he can make it far with Claire, but I don't think he'll make it far with Tasha. I don't know. I could see going either way. Everyone who needs to know, Ben is a fitness coach from Indianapolis. I could see him being in a lot of big storylines, so I think he might stick around. He, like, looks older, but I feel like he, he like, gives me, like, a little bit, like, maybe immature vibes. I don't know. From this one picture. Yeah. So, like, I see him being in some drama and, like, almost being, like, he gives me, like, almost, like, Kelsey vibes. Like, could be in some drama at the start, maybe in the beginning, but he'll might go for the gold for a little while. Okay. Okay, next. Bennett Jordan, he's 37 from Atlanta, Georgia, and this man is just, no, I just, we don't need to even entertain. So, I would think the same thing, but Marie Claire says he's apparently one to watch. I mean, I may be with Claire, but, like, he's definitely not one to watch with Tasha. Like, I could not imagine. Actually, he sort of kind of looks like John Paul Jones, if you really look closely. Yeah, my, they have similar eyes. Yeah. (laughs) But Bennett, he looks, he's 37, so he is much older than a lot of the contestants, which made sense for Claire, because she's older. Tasha's obviously much younger than Claire. I don't know, I feel like when I first, when we first went through these, when it was only Claire in our head, I was like, oh, he could go a little far because of his age, and like, it's the most practical. But I wouldn't have predicted him going far for Tasha. Who knows if Claire even knows what they're talking about, but I don't know. He seems like a nice, like, wholesome man. He's from Atlanta. He looks like he has his life together. Yeah, I guess. I'm not a fan. Okay, Blake Monar. He loves tattoos. Oh, love the tattoos. Marie Claire is so cheeky. Um, he's 30, lives in Phoenix. He's president and CEO of Statham Style, whatever that is. Um, he's a fashion guy. I, he looks nice. He could make it far. He could make it like eight. He's not wearing one, but I could, in this picture, like imagine him having one of those like e-boy earrings with like the dangling cross. You know what I'm talking 100%, about? 100%. 100%. He would rock that, for sure. I like him. I like him. He seems nice. But I could also see him, like, being, like, a low-key drama star. Oh, for sure. 
Okay, here's Blake. Now, Blake is from Hamilton, Ontario. He's 29. I could see... There's two Blakes. The last one was also Blake. That's kind of annoying. That is annoying. He's someone who I could see, like, not wanting to get into drama, but then he gets into drama. Sure. Getting triggered, like, and, like, pulled into a fight. He's from Canada. That's interesting. 29 years old. He looks like a nice guy, but, like, I don't know. I I don't see him with Tasha. He doesn't seem like her type. Agree. I think he could have been a good, good fit for Claire, though. We all know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Goss, 28, real estate agent and model. I wonder if he's, like, an aspiring million-dollar listing guy. From Cleveland, lives in New York. Interesting. Um, I think going far. Me, too. He He's cute. He's, like, yeah. he, he could just be cringy in terms of the real estate agent slash model. But I also think, like, it's honestly not great if you go on this show and you have, like, a really, really serious career. Because, like, no matter what, like, if you win, like, you're sort of gonna go the influencer out. Like, we even saw that with Rachel Lindsay. Like, she was an attorney. But then now she does so many other things. I don't think she even practices anymore. So, you know, yeah. it's sort of good if they don't have a quote-unquote, like, intense career. As weird as that sounds. yeah. But I do think uh, it's really hard saying about the Claire and I feel like Claire would be looking for someone who has like a more serious, like, is kind of established in their life. Whereas that's probably not a concern for Tasha because she is just a full-time influencer at this point. Interesting that he's in New York. I wonder if he'd be interested in relocating because I feel like Tasha will be in LA. She doesn't really scream New York to me. Um, I don't know why, but I just don't get New York vibes from her. Interesting. I could see him going far. I could really see him being like top three or four. <laughs> Brandon Morris. Morris? Morris? Who knows? 30 years old. It's an artist from Milford, Massachusetts. I don't see him getting past week two. No. I don't agree. Why. I just don't get strong lead character vibes from him. 100%. Okay. Jason Nick. Yeah. Wait, is his name Jason? This next, his name is Jason. Yeah. His, na- his name should be Nick Jason, but it's Jason Nick. Okay. Wait. No, I think his real first name is Ch- Chasen. No, I know. But I'm saying in my mind, it should be Nick Chasen. Oh, well, you know what they say? You can't trust people who have, like, first names as last names. Is that what it is, right? Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah, last names, first names. And honestly, I agree. He reminds me of, like, the type of guy you'd see, like, on TikTok who's not a TikTok influencer, but, like, makes kind of cringy TikToks trying to become a TikTok influencer. You know what I mean? 100%. Like, posting TikToks mm-hmm. that really don't get a lot of engagement. Yeah, he's going to get into some shit. He's not going to have a smooth ride. No, I don't think so either. Not at uh, all. I don't trust that look. Yeah, he has, yeah. like, Harry Styles take me home hair, but is in his mid-30s, I think. So there's a lot to unpack about that. We'll see, I guess. We shall um, see. On to the next. Chris Cronin. He seems like a nice guy. He does. He, you know, he's Salt Lake. He's from Salt Lake City, now lives in St. Louis. Business developer for Stack Rock Group and played baseball at Utah Valley University. Um, Yeah, he, he looks like a nice guy. I could see him being like making it to the point where the group like gets divided and they're two separate friend groups you know what I mean mm-hmm. and him hopefully finding his way onto the good friend group but could be in the bad one on accident sort of yeah I he looks like he'd be a good dad you know 100% that's like something Tasha looks for I don't know I don't know why I think that about her but I feel like Tasha would want to be a mom and is probably looking for a good dad. Okay, the next one, the man of the hour, Dale Moss. So as we know, or like as everyone knows, Claire ends up with this man. If and whether or not they're together is another question, but she leaves the show with him. You can see why. Like he's stunning. I'm I've seen a few interviews with him. He seems like a nice guy. I mean, I get it. We, like, had him on our radar when this list first came out before all of the whatever news about all the drama. And we thought he would make it really far, so. Good good on us. Let's see how the rest of these predictions pan out. But, uh, yeah, no, he's definitely really cute. I haven't really watched any interviews with him, but he got some practice squad time in the NFL, so I guess that's cool. (laughs) And now he's the owner of a fitness group, Dale Moss Fitness. He looks definitely like he's in shape, so. Agreed. Okay, next we have Damar Jackson. He is a spin instructor. I love his vibes. I love it. Yeah, I really like him too. His hometown's also San Diego. Tasha lives in Newport, so like similar vibes. I mean, he could make it far. Yeah, he gives me great vibes. I love him smiling with teeth. He looks like he's got like a vineyard maybe in this photo, having a grand time. Mm-hmm. I love it. Love the watch. I love his look. I love the energy. I love it. 
Now, this next guy, I remember you liked the first go-around when we did this. Mm-hmm, I do. Easy. I love that. <laughs> What's his nickname? Easy. His name is Uzoma, I think. Yeah, I think so. He, he like, actually played football, at a se- it seems, since he played for Texas A&M and the NFL. I don't know to which extent in the NFL, but, but I love him. He goes by Easy, and I love his smile. He's so cute. Yeah, I don't, I don't have many opinions on this man. Ed. He's an account executive at CVS Health. I'm not a fan of this man. Why? I I actually don't get good vibes from him either. I don't know. (laughs) I think he's just like intimidatingly muscular. Yeah, and he's just like, I don't know. I'm just really not. uh, I just, no. This man's not making it past night two. No, I don't think so either. But I don't, I don't, he, and, and I don't mean this in an offensive way at all, because, like, I, I, I think it could be strewn that way if by the wrong person. But, like, he looks like a very normal, like, good, he's good-looking, good-looking version of the guy from Lazy Town. You know what I'm talking about? No idea. And the Stephanie Sportacus from Lazy Town? No, but he looks like he could be in a musical, so. <laughs> I don't think Lazy Town's a musical. It's a kid's show. Absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Right now, really fast because I think you'll agree. Sportacus from Lazy Town. For those of you at home, also look this up because I think I think it's a it's a good take. I think I'm right. He looks. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. No, you're completely completely wrong. This man looks like John Hamm. Wait, no, actually, I I take it back. I think I'm right. Minus the mustache, I think he looks like Sportacus from Lazy Town a little bit, like a better looking and normal version. Because Sportacus is obviously a character on a kids show. Okay, whatever you say. Okay. Garen Flowers. I Garen just looks like a nice guy who's going to make it far and hopefully not get into drama. Yes, and he's a USC alum. Love that. Fight on. Mm-hmm. Fight on. I love him. I love his vibes. I love his shirt. I love his smile. I love all of it. Okay, Ivan Hall from Dallas, Texas, 28, engineer, per his Instagram. Um, He looks like he could get in drama, maybe accidentally. I get sly villain vibes. Yeah. Like, on the low, not not the main villain, but we'll have a side villain plot. I agree. Like, the way they tried to do Kelly in on Peter's season. I agree, but I think Tayshia will really like him. Mm, maybe, yeah. Okay, Jason Foster. I, <laughs> I do not get a great... These are all former NFL players, and I need to, like, investigate, like, are they, though? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't get any vibes. I don't yeah. feel anything. I didn't see his profile. I yeah, think I'm going to be a night one. Gone. Agree. Okay, Jay Smith from Oakland Park, Florida, 29 years old, hometown listed as Pennsylvania. What are your thoughts? He looks nice. Like a, like a nice guy. Agree. Like, maybe owns a restaurant? Oh, such a vibe. He loves food. I could see he really just loves yeah, like a great out. meal. Yeah, I really like him. I think he could make it far. I think Tasha could like him, especially because he's nice. John Paul Jones was nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek was nice, so. I also feel like we've seen John Paul Jones in that shirt. 100%. Jeremy, I know he's going to be a villain. Jeremy Higgins. No, but I like Jeremy. I, I don't know anything about Jeremy, but he's giving me some villain vibes. I like him. But he is from Virginia Beach, and Victoria is also from Virginia Beach. There's a legacy there. There is. Okay, Joe Park could make it far. I oh, my God. Him. He was lovely. He was on <laughs> the top 20 most eligible doctors. In New York list. Who did that who reality steve no no no. i i can he i see that reality steve reported it so business insider it was a legitimate thing like it wasn't just like a fun poll like it was a real thing that business insider did i think i've heard of these lists i think they do them with a lot of professions that's a great endorsement (laughs) i know truly okay now jordan chapman from new york hometowns connecticut he attended fordham and what did he play football um he looks really nice he does seem he looks like a kind-hearted man is claire a big football fan i have no idea i thought she was like an outdoorsy hiker girl i don't know but she's getting a lot of football players if she wasn't a fan before there she might be now i mean also maybe like i mean colton's whatever but maybe colton like inspired these guys to like you know ex-nfl players or college football players to you know be on the bachelor I guess. Oh, and, oh, and Jordan Rogers. Perfect example. These are, like, Jordan Rogers types. Like, you know, NFL. Quote, shunt marks. Okay, so yeah, he looks nice. Jordan Manier, another Jordan. I hate these double names they're doing. Make it easy on us. 
I know it just really brings me back to like second grade where everyone was like, Jake M, Jack, Jake C. Like, oh my God. Yeah, really. Okay, well, he lives in Santa Monica, so that's a plus because he doesn't have to relocate. He's a cybersecurity engineer. Interesting. He looks like I don't think he'll make it far. See, I feel like this, maybe it's just like the smolder in this picture, but I get some villain vibes. Like maybe a main villain. Oh, wow. Okay, I don't see that at all, but I could be wrong. It's also very different when you see these people like literally just like in a video. Like when you can actually see them like moving, it's just a totally different vibe. Absolutely. These snap judgments are like, so based on like this soul photo where it's like an intensely lit picture of him smoldering into the camera on the beach so i'm just like mm, i don't like the vibe exactly <laughs> and then i'm sure he's gonna come on with the nicest guy in the entire world <laughs> all right next kenny brash i feel like they cast him for the wrong show and he was meant to be on listen to your heart 100 percent, 100 what an incredible call i completely agree i don't know that he even plays an instrument but like that's like such intense listen to your heart vibes Agree. Agree. Was he on the show? Is this his second go-around in Bachelor Nation? Like, I just, I, he, like, is too reminiscent of that time in my life. I agree completely. That was quite a time of quarantine. Okay, next we have Mike Tobin, who just looks so much like Jed that it's, like, hard for me. Like, just, like, the same vibe, like, the plaid shirt. Like, does this man, I don't, I just don't know. Very fall. He did give me strong Jed vibes, but also I think he was who I originally picked for Claire. I was like, he's perfect for her because he's from Calgary in Canada. He's 38. He's pretty cute. Like, I thought they were going to be a match made in heaven until Dale came in and threw that whole prediction out the window. But I would like good things for Mike Tobin. I get good vibes from him, mostly. Maybe. Now, I don't like, know. I'm looking at this picture too long, and like, I could also maybe see it in like a dateline. Like, like this man, like, my favorite extra, and then, but, like, I, I originally got good vibes from him. <laughs> oh my god! Well, the background's just like pristine. Like whoever shot this yeah. photo, like great camera. It is. The, it's the woods that are like inspiring these like crime scene images in my head. Like, oh, maybe he buried a body before this photo. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Quit while you're ahead. Okay. <laughs> Paige Presley from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Now he lives in Austin, Texas. He gives off an Austin, Texas vibe. Oh, he's a chef. He is a chef of the Foxtail Supper Club, founder and chef. He looks like a chef. And I, I, I'm, I'm getting a good vibe. I feel like he could have an accent. He doesn't, but how do you know? I don't know because he's from Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh. But I mean, I could see him like with Tasha, maybe making it like top fifteen. He's a dad. That's interesting. A dad, sober, and into fitness. All right. Riley Christian from Detroit, now lives in New York, is a lawyer. I get good vibes from him. I hope he makes it far. Me too. I think he could make it far too. Or he could like not make it far, but then be on Paradise and be a star. Yeah. I also love the name Riley. That's a great name. Oh God. The next one. Robbie Stahl, I think is how you say it. Yeah. He lives in LA. Um, works in insurance, his own insurance company, it seems, or his family's. And he he kind of looks like like Jared a little. Yeah, a little bit. I can see that. I don't think this man's going to make it. I, he could make it far. He's, you know, who knows? I don't get strong vibes from him in any one direction. Yeah. I think he can be like one of those like, forgotten people in the background. Like, what's her name? Who was like incredible on Peter's season that got no screen time. And was supposed to go in paradise. Everyone loved her so much even though she did nothing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely no clue who you're talking about. The girl who was on Peter's season of The Bachelor got literally no screen time at all until she was being kicked off. And everyone was like, who the heck was that girl? She was so stunning and beautiful and seemed so nice. Don't know who you're talking about, but we'll find out. Okay, Tyler Cottrell, you liked him a lot originally. I did. I could really see He's going to be a main character, I think. For I sure. don't know if it's for good or for evil. I agree. I really, I like him. I hope he's a good guy and not a bad guy. Me too. His smile is like making me think it's he's a good guy. His eyes are maybe saying he's not. I don't know. I agree. He's also a lawyer from Virginia. Good vibes. I'm getting good vibes. Okay, Tyler Smith. Um, uh, He's from Dallas. He has a number of jobs. I mean, I don't know. I like him. Yeah. He, he could also secretly make it far. Yeah, it just kind of seems forgettable to me. Yeah. It doesn't m- m- give me a strong impression. I agree. Okay, Yosef Abward, uh, whatever. I'm so bad at pronouncing Abrati, it. I think. Um, he is someone who could go, he could be a villain. 
I I think so too. I could have seen him do- doing better with Claire than with Tasha, though. I think I don't really see Tasha going for a dad. See her coming onto the Bachelor to step into like a stepmom role. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I guess. Is that bad? I don't know. Um, I guess if people just want different things in relationships. I don't know that it'll be, like, a deal breaker for Tasha, but I could see it being, like, a con. Okay, Zach Clark, who looks a lot like Matthew McConaughey, must say. Apparently, he's divorced and a recovering addict who runs a sober living house. So clearly, like, a guy trying to do good in this world. I do love that, but I also just don't see him with Tasha. No, I don't see him going far. And last but not least, Zach Jackson. He could make, he would have made it really far with Claire, I thought. Yeah, me too. I like his vibes a lot. He run. Like, he's the founder of a CBD company, which is interesting, really on the cutting edge. Yeah, and that'll be great for him in his influencer career. Huge. Yeah, that's a big one. He could, he'll, he could be loved, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think he'll definitely be on Paradise if he is not. For sure. And he's also, like, whoever that guy above who you said looked like Sporticus, like, he's muscular in a less intimidating way for some reason. Maybe it's just because the lack of, like, intense veins. I don't know what it is. Well, I'm very excited to see how this all unfolds. We are so excited. So next week, we are going to be giving you a full recap of the episode, the premiere. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe it's finally just a week away. I know. I feel like we've been waiting light years for this. I agree. Okay. Well, thank you to Lauren and Sarah for being our wonderful, fantastic guests on this show. And we will see you next week. As usual, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at Spilling Rose Podcast. Bye. Bye.